Welcome to PSQH the Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talked to Dr. Jimmy Chung, Chief Medical Officer at Advantis Health Partners, about how to reduce healthcare supply chain costs and maintain quality. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Dr. Jimmy Chung, Chief Medical Officer at Advantis Health Partners. How's it going, Jimmy? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, before we kind of get into uh, what we're going to talk about, which is the healthcare supply chain, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do at Advantis. Sure. Uh, as you said, I'm the Chief Medical Office for, uh, Officer for Advantis Health Partners, which is a uh, what we like to call an end-to-end supply chain solutions uh, company uh, solving uh, uh, supply chain uh, problems for healthcare organizations uh, under uh, Bon Secours Mercy Health, which is a large IDN. Uh, I just joined the company actually a little over a year ago, and as, uh, before then I was working for um, uh, Provident, which is another large uh, IDN in a similar wor- uh, role. Uh, in supply chain as well as uh, perioperative services. I've been a general surgeon now for about 22 years, board certified, uh, but mostly in an administrative uh, role at this point. Um, I've been very uh, passionate about supply chain and uh, healthcare supply chain in particular, and have been involved at the national level uh, as well, uh, serving uh, this past year as chair of the Association for Healthcare Resources and Materials Management, which is the healthcare supply chain professionals organization under the American Hospital Association. Excellent. So let's start off with, um, I was wondering if you could sort of tell us, you know, what's the current state of the healthcare supply chain? Well, you know, I I always like to be an optimist and I think um, healthcare supply chain currently Probably the best way to describe it is it is in a state of change. Um, supply chain in general, and particularly in healthcare, as we uh, uh, struggled through the pandemic over the past several years, is uh, in a, um, is, I, I guess it's um, transforming from a transactional to much more of a strategic um, uh, function of healthcare organizations. We have much more, uh, many more stakeholders from all areas uh, of healthcare delivery, as well as manufacturing and uh, and suppliers, distribution, international organizations, etc. So um, it's really come together in a in a way that I think it's going to affect uh, healthcare outcomes and patient care uh, into the future. Uh, particularly uh, in the area of uh, data transparency and um, uh, transferability between uh, the uh, traditional uh, uh, supply chain stakeholders, between uh, those who are uh, providing healthcare to those who are supplying the products for uh, healthcare. Um, there's a lot more interest in ensuring that uh, the uh, we have more uh, transparency and accessibility into standardized data so that uh, we can avoid some of the uh, supply chain issues that we've had in the past. And so, uh, you know, as you've seen in the last several years, uh, issues with supply chain extended beyond just, just uh, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, but within healthcare, you know, we were already 
somewhat further behind because of some of the unique aspects of healthcare. And I think we've done some catching up and currently it's a very exciting uh, area to be, especially for clinicians like myself uh, to be much more involved in a clinically driven and integrated supply chain. So you know, we've just started a new year, um, and what do you sort of see in store for the supply chain in 2023? Well, I think 2023 is going to be a continuation of uh, all of the lessons that we've learned in 2022 and all the efforts that healthcare providers are putting in place uh, to deal with shortages. We're still... Um, uh, we still expect more shortages to occur, uh, not necessarily because there's greater demand, but again, because supply chain itself is uh, undergoing so many changes. Uh, there's a lot more interest in onshoring versus offshoring uh, as a uh, question. Um, for many years, uh, healthcare supply chain tried to become as lean as possible by adopting just-in-time uh, principles. And uh, of course, during a pandemic, that didn't work out very well for us. And so uh, we're, the, the pendulum is swinging the other way uh, towards a much more just in case or perhaps just enough uh, 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 manner of um, uh, adopting supply chain in, in their healthcare organizations. And so I think uh, those questions will still be um, in place. The other thing that I previously mentioned that's a very exciting topic right now is data standardization so that we can keep track of products much more closely and that uh, clinicians who need products can uh, have a better sense of um, uh, how much uh, of a uh, supply chain issue we're currently having and how we can best provide uh, care for our, our patients. And so uh, much more focus on patient safety, patient uh, care outcomes, uh, some of those clinical metrics are becoming much more important for supply chain organizations as well. And uh, a lot of uh, interest in developing uh, strategic partnerships between suppliers and providers. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the pandemic uh, and sort of its impact on the supply chain. How much did it, the pandemic set back the supply chain and, and what kind of lessons uh, can can we kind of uh, sort of take from it and, and, you know, sort of put in place for, you know, the next pandemic or something similar? Yeah, we hope that uh, we won't uh, have to face another pandemic like we did before, but I think uh, realistically it's inevitable. Uh, we'll have uh, continuing challenges that come and go uh, like we experienced uh, to some degree. I'm not sure I would say necessarily that the pandemic set back the supply chain, but uh, it really revealed opportunities. And again, I'm being optimistic when I say that. Yes. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, the supply chain, uh, especially in healthcare, uh, reacted exactly the way it had been designed to the pandemic. It's just, it was just that it wasn't designed for a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, the way uh, it responded, the way it created the shortages, the way it revealed the holes in the clinical integration of supply chain, the way it uh, ended up um, creating potential patient safety issues, it uh, basically worked just the way it was designed to do. So what it really did for us was uh, give us an opportunity and insight into how better 
design the supply chain so that it can withstand uh, such a pandemic in the future. And how long will it take to kind of do that design? So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're hoping that nothing happens this year in terms of a pandemic, but, you know, how long will it be before the, you could sort of say the supply chain is ready for something like that to occur again? Well, it's kind of like the Death Star, right? You never know if it's fully operational until it's tested. <laughs> so um, I, I would say that supply chain has responded uh, to, uh, to the needs. I'm not sure if it's fully ready for another uh, pandemic. And we have a long ways to go before I think we can say that we fully pressure tested what we have learned and what we've designed. But, uh, you know, I think we were actually pretty quick to respond to the problems that we saw. We pulled in clinicians uh, much more deeply into decision making. Uh, you know, we uh, tested the FDA uh, to uh, to uh, approve products and uh, medications that, uh, you know, would have taken uh, years to approve and, and they were able to do it in weeks and months. And so uh, I think we uh, were able to respond to the needs very quickly and change the design of uh, supply chain uh, and brought it uh, to the forefront so that people recognized how important supply chain is in, in, in healthcare. Uh, one of the things that I think really uh, became much more evident was the importance of uh, co uh, collaborative efforts and interdependencies uh, between uh, suppliers and providers. And, uh, you know, with the, I don't think you could go a day uh, all of last year without hearing some sort of um, uh, a collaborative uh, effort between a, a provider and a supplier. And so uh, resiliency and uh, making sure that uh, patient safety is not uh, is not uh, affected, and all of these things were in constant discussion all throughout the uh, past couple of years in response to the pandemic. Uh, in, in addition, I think uh, the uh, the new technologies and the the um, uh, direction that healthcare went because of the pandemic. Uh, it also provided additional opportunities to look at uh, supply chain in a different way. So uh, one of the ways that healthcare itself changed uh, because of the pandemic uh, were um, a much more emphasis on uh, delivering care where the patient is so mm -hmm. that we can avoid having to bring patients into an acute care setting. So much more telehealth, right. uh, care at home, hospital at home, and these are opportunities in healthcare supply chain that we had never really paid a lot of attention to in the past. And now we really have to think about how do we make the healthcare supply chain much more uh, patient specific and patient centric? Uh, and how do we get into uh, the, um, that uh, world of uh, really delivering care to the patient where they want it? Uh, also addressing the, um, the, the disparities uh, in um, social determinants of health that leads to health inequities, outcomes inequities, and supply chain plays a big role in that. You know, if patients don't have access to the products that they need to care for themselves at home, uh, if they don't have the technology, if they lack the, um, the access to caregivers, these are all supply chain related uh, opportunities that, that uh, 
that we really had to uh, to look at. Um, given the obviously the struggles with you know things like PPE and other supplies during the pandemic, have you seen healthcare organizations? Um, do more sort of uh, advanced planning and kind of ordering, you know, are they ordering more supplies to sort of stockpile in advance uh, of, you know, a, another emergency situation popping up? Yeah, you know, ironically, um, a lot of hospitals are having uh, trouble with overstocking. Okay. Uh, you know, they have, uh, a lot of hospitals have uh, a little, maybe too much PPE. Um, such as the N95 respirators. Um, and the dilemma that I think we're facing now is that, excuse me, some of these um, uh, PPEs do have expiration dates. Um, not that they would be necessarily ineffective, but uh, by nature of their productivity or, the, the, or their production have uh, a life cycle uh, expected date, and uh, we may actually be seeing uh, some of these um, stockpiled uh, PPEs become uh, obsolete or need to be, um, you know, utilized in a different way. So that's a, an interesting uh, mm -hmm. phenomenon that we had seen as a response to the, uh, the PPE shortage. Yeah. Um, so how can healthcare organizations recession-proof their supply chains? Well, one you know the one example that you just brought up is uh, is is a um, is part of that. Um, rather than stockpiling PPEs and then uh, having a uh, inventory that uh, uh, that may become wasteful, uh, thinking about how do they streamline the supply chain so that uh, you don't need to stockpile. Because uh, obviously keeping a large inventory is not only expensive, but it can be wasteful. So uh, hospital organizations really need to think about uh, how do they prepare for inflation? And this is not just a, 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 as it applies to supply chain and uh, increase in prices, but the increase in the cost of labor, uh, the increase of uh, uh, the, uh, the cost of uh, other services that are provided uh, not just products and, and purchase services. How do we uh, prepare for uh, a um, uh, the reimbursement uh, from uh, uh, contract to payers and so forth? And those are all things that uh, organizations have to think about uh, as we expect the cost of products and services provided uh, to go up with inflation. Um, you also have to think about um, how do you take this opportunity to uh, reduce unnecessary variability in care that leads to waste. Uh, clinical standardization uh, sometimes is seen as a uh, four-letter word from a, a physician or clinician perspective, but there's plenty of evidence that show that um, clinical standardization can actually lead to better outcomes and more efficiencies in care, uh, reduction of patient uh, safety risks. For example, if you have a, an organization where you've got 20 different surgeons all performing the same procedure 20 different ways using 20 different products, that's that many different ways that your staff has to be trained to not make mistakes. And so, if the clinical leadership of healthcare organizations can come together and uh, decide 
what is the best practice? How do we standardize so that we, we reduce unnecessary variability in practice? Then we can also reduce the, uh, the reduce waste and reduce the cost of care and cost of products. Um, we also need to ensure that uh, healthcare organizations are prepared for value-based care. Mm -hmm. Value-based care is a reimbursement model where um, uh, providers are reimbursed based on uh, patient outcomes. So that means you have to start thinking about metrics and KPIs that are actionable towards the value-based care, uh, looking at the patient as the center, what are their metrics, what's important to them, and start uh, measuring and uh, driving towards those uh, outcomes. And so, uh, you know, those are some of the ways that healthcare organizations can uh, themselves internally recession-proof, not just their supply chains, but their organization as a whole. And then uh, having external partnerships uh, and developing strategic partnerships with suppliers uh, can really help as well. So that um, when they have uh, agreements and contract that it's not just a, you know, you sell this, I buy this from you, and uh, and uh, uh, and that and have it, have that as the, the transaction between the two parties, uh, because if a hospital organization uh, experiences a hardship or a decrease in um, uh, on procedure procedural volume, then the suppliers also. Uh, will uh, be affected mm -hmm. by uh, not being able to sell as much product. And so uh, there are opportunities for providers and suppliers to come together and to, and to start really thinking about, well, what do we want to do together? What are the metrics that we want to uh, share? What are some of the common shared goals? And what is, our, what is our shared vision together? And those kind of partnerships can help both organizations survive through recession. Um. What is the uh, impact of the healthcare supply chain on the environment? Well, this is actually a really huge topic, especially this past couple, uh, the, uh, these past few years when I think um, people are much more uh, in tune with the um, uh, climate change and um, and and the environment, uh, our impact on the environment, uh, specifically. Uh, uh, in the United States, 10% of approximately 10% of carbon emissions um, come from healthcare. Uh, that's almost twice what it is in many other countries. Uh, and we're not just talking about like waste in products, but about 80% of that, um, the 10% uh, of the uh, carbon emissions and 80% of the, uh, the carbon emissions uh, that are uh, Produced by healthcare uh, is attributable to supply chain, some sort of supply chain activity, either the manufacturing of products or waste or transportation uh, or the energy that's required to uh, produce and uh, and procure uh, uh, supply chain uh, uh, products. And so, there is a, a huge uh, opportunity here for supply chain to really think about. Uh, what uh, healthcare uh, as a whole can do to reduce um, uh, carbon emissions, but also uh, reduce the uh, the waste of uh, um, products that we uh, that we produce and use. Um, and also, there is also a lot of opportunity uh, within individual uh, 
healthcare organizations to uh, optimize reprocessing of single-use items. Uh, there's a, a large market for that out there now. Uh, they've there always have been. I think there's a lot more attention towards um, how do we reprocess uh, single-use items uh, so that they can be uh, uh, reused and uh, reduce the amount of uh, products that are uh, incinerated or put in landfills. And so there's uh, a real um, win-win opportunity there that I think a lot of hospital organizations have yet to fully realize. Um, why is it important to have uh, clinician feedback in the health healthcare supply chain in terms of leadership? Well, there's two different ways of looking at that. One is uh, the obvious one, which is we need clinicians to validate uh, the effectiveness and quality of products. Uh, there's always uh, new products that are being developed, new products that are being used on patients uh, during procedures or in the care of their um, acute care or um, non-acute non -acute care uh, phase. And um, at each of those steps, uh, we need to ensure that we are looking at the effectiveness of the products, uh, both from a patient outcome perspective and also the usability uh, from the, uh, the, the, uh, the clinician perspective. Um, but the other aspect is something that I mentioned before, which is um, there's a, a lot of opportunity to reduce the unnecessary variability in how we choose products to be used on patients and during our care. And it's often not um, uh, an area that non-clinicians are comfortable uh, deciding. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, non-clinicians, especially non-physicians, would feel uncomfortable telling physicians what they should or shouldn't use uh, without having that experience. And so it's uh, been, very uh, effective in um, enrolling physician leaders uh, in these uh, in these areas where they can look at opportunities and they can look at the data uh, and the evidence that might show that there is uh, an opportunity to standardize whenever possible. And the message uh, to drive that standardization is most effective when it comes from a physician uh, who can speak to other physicians and uh, understand what their their clinical needs are so that we can ensure that the products that we have chosen for our patient care meets all of those needs and that if there are unique opportunities for um, uh, new and innovative uh, technologies to be uh, to be utilized that uh, that the validation of that product is also done under physician guidance and leadership. And so uh, these, those are areas that, again, over the, uh, until a few years ago, really haven't been fully um, uh, optimized at uh, hospitals and healthcare provider organizations, mostly because we still thrive under a volume-based uh, uh, care uh, where uh, you know it's basically fee for fee for service, so hospitals are more interested in driving volume than 
uh, reducing variability. And so there hasn't been a lot of interest in reducing variability through standardization. But as we previously mentioned, uh, the pressures of supply chain uh, and uh, what it went through during the past few years has uh, really opened the eyes of uh, hospital administrators to and, and physician leaders to think about how best can we um, balance the uh, the unique needs of clinicians with the opportunities to standardize wherever possible. Um, how widespread would you say it is, is the cl clinician involvement in the supply chain? Well, I can tell you when I started supply chain, uh, my journey into supply chain uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I had a hard time finding really any other physician uh, a practicing physician who was doing similar work. And nowadays, I think it's become much more common uh, to see, for example, a medical director of supply chain uh, at uh, some of these larger hospital organizations. And so I'm very excited to see that uh, developing. And, uh, you know, we've done a lot of work over the past few years to try to um, make a business case for having physician leadership uh, dedicated physician leadership in supply chain, uh, more than just uh, somebody who shows up to committee meetings and uh, or serves as an advisor, but really helps to drive supply chain through the eyes of a clinician. And that's a, an area that um, I'm very excited about. Great. Well, Dr. Chung, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been great. Yeah, thank you. It's been very exciting for me as well. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. That wraps up episode 75 of PSQH, the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again, and stay safe.